Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amateur Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined this season by... This is Jordan here. Jordan, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I am Jordan Eggleston on Twitter, at JWEggleston7. And I am Jeffrey the Greek, at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. I already gave a request out on Twitter to follow Jordan. I'm going to... Ask again on on the podcast. Give give our guy Jordan a follow. Let's get his numbers up there. He's doing a great job. He deserves it. And I'd also like to say he didn't ask me to do this. I, I'm I'm just trying to be nice, and I you know I think it's good for the podcast. So right. I love hey I, I love all the the generosity that I've gotten so far, and I'll take any followers. You can follow me to hate me. That's fine. I don't. Care. <laughs> you had a couple Ohio State people that followed you. I mean that's that's the true power of the podcast when you see something like that happen. There you go. I'll take it. Speaking of something with true power, it's college football, brother. And oh my God, like Saturday for me <laughs> was one of those days where it's just, it's a buzz. It, it was like a, bu- and it wasn't the booze because that didn't happen until later in the day, to be honest with you. Um, it was a buzz that I had felt by the end of the day watching the games. It was just like one of those perfect college football Saturdays. See, what you felt this week, I felt last week because I didn't have the tailgates and everything yeah. like you had last week. So you were so it was so chaotic and busy for you. So you felt that this week. I felt it the week before. So I know exactly the type of euphoria and just yes. utter jubilation that you were feeling. Because, I mean, I feel it every Saturday because it's college football and I love it. But yeah, I, no, get, I get what you're saying. And I feel bad. It's not like I don't like tailgate with my group and I love it. But there's just something special, you know, about being in your own basement. Um unbeknownst to mrs greek i went and got a 42 inch tv and uh hooked it up to the right side officially <laughs> put it that put it in the downstairs athletic club i don't know why i didn't do it earlier the whole setup frame because uh, i just got a simple one tv and the cable box was 175 dollars <laughs> so like worth it <laughs> totally worth it i mean i could barely fill up my tank uh, take a gas in my truck uh for that cost and i'm sure as heck going to get a lot more excitement out of this tv yeah, um, I have I have the TV in our living room, and then I have the TV in our bedroom, which is not that far apart. Okay, so both of them at one point when the Michigan game was in hand, I had the multivision on YouTube going. I had eight games of football going on two TVs at one point. Yeah, it, it was almost too much. I almost yes. had to tone it back a little bit. It is I found myself getting distracted. It's it is sensory overload at some point, and 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 that's a precursor. When Jordan and I break down some of these games, you, you can't watch every single game when there are 14 nope. games with four being on. My limit is 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 at the max three. It, it's basically one game that you are focusing on, and then you get a two A two B. And so I, I do pretty well with that. Um, uh, but still, there there's limitations there, and then some of them are just you know kind of hard to find, which we'll we'll touch on. Um, and not to like one up you here, I, I don't mean it, but. You haven't had a Saturday like I had yet <laughs> because you haven't had a big win yet. Like you, you you knew you had two wins coming this first two weeks and you obviously got them. I wasn't as confident, you know, I mean, I was pretty confident Iowa was going to win. That's why I picked them. Um, but that's a rivalry win. And on top of it, I mean, this isn't rocket science, Jordan. I, I did well, you know, uh, with my own personal financial plays. And I swear, Jordan, this is how it goes. If Iowa State would have won, I would have been terrible 
in my bets. That's how it goes. It's like a, it's like a one thing is it's all good or it's all bad. I swear that's the universe is the universe is all connected in that sense where you feel like it just happens that way. You're 100 percent right. Okay, you you don't think I'm just yep. making this no, up? No, that's why I don't bet on my own team. Okay, there you go. Now the funny the funny thing is I tell everybody I don't bet on Iowa. I swear that's true. I forgot that I. In, in cocky manner, put in Iowa. <laughs> they were getting a point and a half back in July. So I put that bet in three months ago. Totally forgot about it. Two, three months ago, totally forgot about it. So that added to the anxiety right when the game kicked off because it it popped in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got that bet out there. But then, you know, added to the euphoria after the game was over because it was just a, a double sweet thing on it. So anyways, long story short is, we're doing this podcast because we love college football. It's days like that that where you know you would think anybody listening to this podcast you know has feelings like they that have as to well. understand it. They've yeah. all felt it in some moment or another. I think so. And shout out to Mrs. Greek. The kids were around at the beginning, but she knew the marching orders. They were out the door. She cut a little close. It's like two twenty five, and then they took out and went to the neighborhood festival thing that was going on. But it, she left me to my own devices down in the DAC by myself to watch the Iowa game. So shout, shout out to the wife. Always appreciate it when she does that type of stuff. So. Got to love it when the significant others are on board and understand yeah. the, the day. Yes. And, and what you need to understand with is get away from me. I love you. <laughs> get away. <laughs> yes. I love you. Just not right now. You need to leave. All right, here we go. Let's break down some games. First two up were on Friday, September 8th, Indiana 41. Indiana State, seven. I had 44 to six, Jordan. I was darn close on that one. The Hoosiers with 558 yards of total offense to the Sycamores, 93. They might as well have been an actual sycamore tree at times in that game. What did you see from this football contest? I think that my inside source at Indiana State was 100% right. This is one of the worst football teams I've watched, like, it was to the point where I was checking my watch. I'm like, has the Illinois game started yet? Because I really want to turn this to the next game. Because like this is this team is so bad. They were. I mean, Jalen Jalen Lucas took that first handoff at each. I think it was a jet sweep or something, and he went around the edge. He ran around those players like they were standing still. I'm like, this is going to be an absolute slaughter. I I mean, I I kept thinking about you telling me and all of us on that podcast on the last podcast about how bad they were. I couldn't get it out of my head. It's like Jordan, you know when you when a fan has a picture in his head on how bad his team's going to kill the other team. It's rarely ever actually that bad. We this always over exaggerate, all of us. This one was actually that bad. And we have another one that I think was actually that bad as well. I, I I couldn't believe it. Now, with that being said, I do think you saw again that the Hoosiers have an improved defense. Okay, like that's. Two weeks in a row against drastically different competition for sure, but this is a good defense. This is going to cause some yeah. other teams' problems. That was one of my first notes. I said, this defense might not be up there the elites of the country, but this is a very, very good defense, and they're fun to watch. They're they Because they just play like hell. They pin their ears back all the time, and it's always somebody somewhere making a play. They're fun to watch. It's If nothing else, they're going to be plucky, and they're going to cause teams' problems. All season. I couldn't completely agree. And then switching over to the offense kind of quickly. Listen, it it's still somewhat of an open quarterback competition, but I've talked to a couple Indiana people. I mean, Taven Jackson, 18 of 21, even if it's seven on seven, which 
<laughs> basically this was 18 to 21 is really good. Okay. For 236 yards, no touchdowns, but no picks. Brennan Sorsby came in, not quite as good as stats. He maybe got a little bit of unlucky there, but like, I don't know. I think Taven Jackson is the guy. I think it's only a matter of time until he's the I think with starter. what he brings on both sides yes. of the offense with his his running ability and sure he he may be a little bit more limited throwing the ball, but I think that comes with time because he's he's only a true sophomore, correct? Yes. So yep. yeah, you give him that extra time and the more reps and just what he brings in the dynamics of running the ball, I think that has to be your option going forward. Omar Cooper Jr., seven catches, 101 yards. Jalen Lucas. 10 carries all oh, that took him to get to 88 yards and two touchdowns. The two touchdowns were they, they were mirrors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think they could have told Sycamores what was coming. It made I I honestly on that second touchdown, Jordan. I just I just started laughing at that point. So who's your fans wanted the win to feel good? They got it and they moved to one and one. Next game up, Kansas 34, Illinois 23. I don't know if it was that close. Illinois, 341 yards to the Jayhawks, 539. Thoughts? I think, so you have been extremely right about a lot of things so far this season. I think this is one that you may be a little off base on. This Illinois team just does not seem... And I'm wrong, too. I didn't have them winning the West or up there in the West like you did. I thought they were a top half. I'm not sure they're a top half team in the West right now because this defensive line was supposed to be elite. And there's still times where it's like, are they there? Are they even playing? We saw some moments, you know, there was a, there was a couple series together where Johnny Newton looked like that guy. And then all of a sudden he was gone again. I don't get it. It's, 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 it really is. It's mind blowing to me. I don't know what to do with this Illinois team. I You have to think they're going to improve as the year goes. But at this point, they're down there with Nebraska, in my yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, I, and we'll do our power rankings uh, at the end. I'm not far off. Um, I will say this, okay. Toledo, their, their week one opponent, beat Texas Southern 71 71- to three i know it's texas southern but if you're if you're putting up 71 points you're you're moving the ball kansas jalen daniels 21 to 29 277 yards two touchdowns also had 23 yards on the ground he's a problem that dude is amazing i've watched him play before not this intently maybe me i was actually dming a little bit with Braden goal and like Maybe I need to spend more time thinking about who Illinois has been playing. And that is my last lifeline that I'm going to throw to this Illinois front seven. You're, clean, you're holding on to it. You're really grasping at straws here. Like, this is, you're, starting, you're starting to run out of lifelines. It is. I'm, I'm, the, my, uh, uh, I'm barely above water right here with that. But that is the best I can say. Because I will say, Jalen Daniels, he will wind up being one of the top quarterbacks statistic wise in the country by the end of the year. I, I have no doubt with that. Um, but the other thing that's just, it's indefensible team rushing for Kansas, 44 carries 262 yards. That's a six yard average. That, that, that can't happen. That's hard. That's hard to do. Like, correct. I mean, like you said, Jalen Daniels is a great player. There's a reason he was voted big 12 offensive player of the year. Like the preseason, that was the pick I, for sure. I understand that. And it, it, he is a problem. And that Toledo offense, 
I'm more than anybody probably saying their praises. Yep. yep. But at some point, 500 yards is 500 yards. Correct. You can't win especially, football games doing that, especially rushing. And and I know it's it's they got schemed open. It's not like it's hat on hat and they're getting mauled. So I I, I get that, but. At least shut down the rushing attack and see if you can get Jalen Daniels on a couple third. There was hardly any time in that first half that that Jalen Daniels or that offense was even stressed at any point. Um, as far as Illinois' offense, Luke Altmeyer, 19 of 28, 202 yards, one touchdown, two picks. I know that sounds bad. He's the whole offense right now. Lukey Legs. Literally. Le- literally. Lukey Legs leading rusher again. Lukey Legs was great week one just as a – you. Just you can't have Lukey legs all season long, and their rushing is, I mean, 15 for 69, 4.6 yard average. It's not that bad, but I don't I don't feel confidence from Beetle on anybody in that offense right now, other than Lukey legs. They're lucky they got the guy, but again, can't can't be the thing all year long. Nope. I don't you completely I completely agree. I don't think I don't think Beat trusts anybody on this offense right now. I did that. I maybe it's something where you try to get um, Isaiah Washington, no Isaiah Williams, sorry Isaiah Williams, a little yep, more yep. involved in the running aspect of it, just to get some kind of a threat right. to help. Because what's going to happen is Allmeyer's going to end up getting hurt. Correct. Quarterbacks can't take this many shots throughout the year, and the unfortunate news for the Illini is it doesn't get any easier because next week's opponent might be the best one they've seen yet. Correct. I don't know what to say. Um, Illinois football fans have gone silent. My guess is we probably lost a couple uh, Illinois listeners in in that time. Do we I, need to do a wellness check on Kurt? Have you spoken to him? Is he... So, you've watched Seinfeld, right? And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know how George is like, he's more in his own element when he's miserable. There's some of that going on with our guy, Kurt. So I'm not... Don't get me wrong. He would rather see his team winning uh, games, but I, I almost feel like sometimes like this is more familiar territory for him. So with that being said, I, I think they can still win some games. Okay. There's strengths of this team, but the front seven has got to start attacking and maybe we see it soon. I don't know. It's, it's hundred percent. One of the things I've been most wrong about. Yep, uh, there's still plenty of time to turn it around with the loss. Illinois falls to one and one. All right. Moving into the next day, 12 games on Saturday, September 9th. First one up Ohio state, 35, Youngstown State 7, Buckeyes 482 yards of offense to the Penguins, 234. I got notes. I'm always stealing from you, so go ahead. You go first, and I'll I, – because I bet you we're similar here on our takes. Yeah, I, I would I would venture to guess we are. Uh, we saw a little bit more of the explosion that the, that the Buckeye fans have been starved for after the start of the season. You know, Marvin Harrison had his two touchdowns, 160 yards. Looked like Marvin Harrison, you yeah. know what you'd expect. Double E again. So you saw a little bit more of the home run balls, the explosion. But to me, it was still the rushing attack that they that yeah. they went to. And the few moments where it was, we need to do something that we trust, it was still leaning on those three running backs. And I, as a Michigan fan, I'm fine with that. There, I don't have any issues with that. The biggest takeaway that I took from the whole week was Kyle McCord as the quarterback of this team. Yes. I mean, we saw Devin Brown. I didn't like what I saw when I saw Devin Brown. And this is probably the worst opponent you're going to play all year. Right. And he didn't take advantage of it's, it. It's not this a is Kyle McCord's team. Maybe it's the 33 jersey, honestly. I think it might weigh into it. it it's could, it's yeah. not a smooth delivery, it, you know, especially. But I would say this. 
there is consternation amongst Ohio State fans. Theory, I think that they're just so used to elite quarterback play when they get good quarterback play, which which is what Kyle McCord was, 14 to 20, 258 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. That is very good, but it's not so effortless from him, and it it freaks Ohio State fans out, you know? And then, to me, the biggest thing that Ohio State fans are freaked out about or maybe should be freaked out about, it's just not a great-looking offensive line right now. Um, I was expecting the tackles to take some time. The interior line doesn't look great. It's, yeah, because those are those are some returning guys. Those were those, sure. some of those guys are getting NFL talk. So yeah, and you know a lot of a lot of times offensive line you hear offensive line coaches always talk about it's not one or two guys on the line. It's the unit they have to gel together because of all the communication you have to do with the different blitz pickups. So so maybe it's the whole five together just aren't quite in sync yet. That could be the case, but I'm with you. It, yeah, it's, it's I, still it's leaky. We're not alone here. It's not just because you're a hated Michigan fan, and you know, and I'm a non-Buckeye fan. We're we're seeing the same things. I've talked with a couple Ohio State fans behind the scenes. They're saying the same things too. Maybe they want to, you know, admit this stuff on, on the Twitter sphere, but it, it's there. And then switching over to the other side, I still have more faith in the defense, but also, like, uh, uh, what do we have here for um, two two sacks, three TFLs. Not bad. You know, it's pretty good. With the amount of snaps, Youngstown State, you would think maybe there'd be a couple more plays behind the line of scrimmage and a couple leaky moments for the defense where you were kind of surprised that some of the plays that were getting popped by Youngstown State. Especially you know, early on. You're right. Came, the, the defense, in my opinion, came out flat. They came out and thought, oh, okay. we're going to just take walk over these guys. Yep. And they kind of got punched in the face. And then you saw them kind of, okay, they reined it back in. Yep. And See, they started yep. to look better. They definitely got punched in the mouth to start because that, that was a flat-out blown coverage on the touchdown. Correct. Line. Correct. And those things happen. So. That can happen at – Sure. You know, I mean, you're, you're playing a penguin. I mean, come right. on. <laughs> um, anyways, I, have, I still have way more faith with the defense. I do believe a good thing for this entire team is better competition to, to – raise up the level because we still know the talent is there. I've got people saying that they should drop down a level in my power rankings. Ain't going there yet. They still deserve to be up with the top three to me, but the Notre Dame game looms large and I'll be very interested to see what they look like once we get there. What uh, what I'll say about the people, people that want to say they should drop down in the power rankings. That's, that's great to say that. But for somebody to drop down, you also have to have somebody who's earned it to move up ahead of them. We don't. Have it's that. not just. It's not just okay. Ohio State's not exactly what we think they should be. Has anybody below them said okay? I'm better than them. That they deserve to move up to that point. You're shaking your head, and I agree with you. No. I don't think they're no number chance. four. Is there's a there's three to there's four still... teams that could be number four. Yes, but I, I don't think those three to four are number three yet. Not a chance. And, and I don't and... know. Is Ohio State really number three? They could be two still. Honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be. I'm pretty firm with my rankings. Uh, I guess what somebody was saying is, should they be in their own tier, That's or fair. in the bottom, or in the next tier, just the top of that tier? I'm still putting them in the top three. And yes, we are grading you harder, Ohio State. That's part but that's of part of it. That's, that's part, part of, of it. that's part of the scarlet and gray thing. Um, they're fine. <laughs> they're going to win double digit games, but we're going to have to see improvement to get to the levels that they want to get to with the win. And the- 
One more thing. They can't sleepwalk next week either. Western Kentucky next week before that Notre Dame game, that's a plucky team. Absolutely. If they sleepwalk in that game, they could get socked in the mouth. They they need to play four quarters in that game because that's a good Western Kentucky team. I wouldn't say so much socked in the mouth as uh, surprised. Yes. A couple times, so I, yep. I hear you there. It's I haven't looked at lines yet today. I'm excited to see what that one looks like and the total points and what the spread will be in that one. Uh, with this win over the Penguins, the Buckeyes move to two and oh. Next game up, sweet baby Jesus, <laughs> Penn State 63, Delaware seven. The Nittany Lions with 541 of yard, yards of total offense to the Blue Hens 140. This is our guy Perk. This is a stat he gave me in the first half. Penn State had five touchdowns and Delaware had two first downs. <laughs> like, so we talked that's, about that's how you know it's dominated. I joked, what will this game look like? What it would look like in the wild if a Nittany Lion attacked a blue hen? I, I don't know. I think it might actually have it may have been hard. worse. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I, I, this is the second game that I, I'm we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but this is the second game we're talking about where fans want it to look as as bad as this actually looked there was no competition here from start to finish yep so you talked to to perk i've got another penn state fan that i associate with on here he goes by tk on twitter p mm-hmm. at ps psu underscore tk great for all you guys out yep, there yep, yeah excellent yep. follow he's He's funny as all hell, yes. and he's he's very knowledgeable, good yes. football mind. Yep, I, I leaned on him a little bit because I didn't watch a second of this game. It was on Peacock, and I wasn't trying to get a rewatch on it. But everything he told me, Drew Lar looked looked poised. But this is a running back. I get thirty eight combined carries amongst the the big three for two hundred nine and four touchdowns. Yep, so that's exactly what you want to see. Like you said, there's some games. Where you just need to watch the highlights. <laughs> that's that's you, you box score and yeah, yeah highlights. Box, key plays. Yep. Yes. Um. Drew Aller. Drew Aller. Twenty-two of twenty-six. Aller. You'll get it. You'll get there. I don't know why. Only one that. touchdown, but the dude is freaky. Like he he's getting more and more control of, of the offense. Spread it all around. I mean, the, everybody was catching the ball. KLS top receiver. Uh, team rushing. Sixty carries. Three. 115 yards a 5.3 yard average at a 60 carry clip you at that point the score is what it's going to be you i'm sure there's people bitching about james franklin what are you, what are you supposed to do guys want yeah. to run downhill and and push people around i guarantee you the first team offensive line wasn't playing the, this entire game um katron allen had the yards 103 singleton had the tutties he had three Long story short, I don't know how much we learned other than yep. Penn State is wrong. <laughs> that's that's, that's yep. what we learned. And they moved to 2-0. and oh. And the next game just went final. <laughs> Purdue 20. It's not a joke. <laughs> Purdue 24, Vatek 17. The Boilermakers with 427 yards of total offense to the, to the Hokies, 286. This was my game two for the earlier games. Until it wasn't. And then it was on yeah. like ACC Network Plus. So I'm sure like me, I kind of had to dig into this game a little bit to, to to get the story out of it. The story to me, Purdue is definitely the better team in this game. Fell asleep. We're kind of got caught playing with their food halfway through the game. Took the game back over with a late touchdown and that was it. I mean, Purdue is the better team. I, I Virginia Tech has just... They're just not a good football program anymore. It's sad to see, but it's the truth. 
Yeah, if you remember on the preview, I think I was very adamant that I thought the wrong team was favored in this game. And I think we saw that in all phases. Like you said, there was that small little lull in the middle of the game where I think you said Purdue was playing with their food a little bit, kind of fell asleep. But I'm pretty – didn't they pitch a shutout in the second half? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So Seven, I mean, seventeen, seventeen at half when it fight, and yep. you got to factor in the stop, the stop and start to it too. That's in- so hard. That's oh, so hard. Like and I not to telling- mention the fact that it, it wasn't just one. It was there was like five hours of delay. Oh God! I was uh, we were DMing, you know, with our guy, big time boiler. Um, I went through this. Every Iowa fan went through this last year with Nevada. Just disgusting. I mean, that was a night game. Didn't get over to like dude, it was like one o'clock. In the morning, you can't get any you can't get any continuity and and feel for your offense. So I, it affects both teams, in my opinion. If this game plays straight through, I think Purdue wins something like thirty one to thirteen, something like that. It, it it would have been a bigger spread. Like my thing is, Jordan, what what was Vegas looking at? It didn't make I I I, I, I literally think they just they overreacted. We like they should have listened to the pod when we with said Fres- don't overreact. <laughs> yeah. With the Fresno State. Yeah, stuff. I think that yeah. they they took that Fresno State game to oh man, Purdue's got all kinds of problems and it's like, you know, teams are allowed to get better from week 1 to week 2 and we saw it here. This yeah. Purdue team made strides, they improved from I mean, like you said, it's hard to get good eyes on it with everything, but from what little bit I could see, yeah, the strides are made. And I think that they can continue that and they can continue building. They might be climbing this Big Ten West ranking a little bit yeah. now with what we the struggles we've seen from some teams. So that that could be a, a team that I got uh kind of destroyed with a little bit that I might wind up being a little bit more right uh than people think because I picked them six and six. Almost everybody's told me they think they're gonna stink. I don't see a stinky team. Um, I see a team that's still trying to figure out who they are, you know, and get used to the new coaching and everything. By the way, Fresno State did win over Eastern Washington, but whew, in overtime, hmm, that's kind of surprising. This me. team can 100% make a bowl. Yes, 100% this, make a bowl. They can 100% make a bowl. And if they're going to do it's it. It's not going to be easy because the schedule's not correct. easy the rest of the way, but correct. It, it's there. There are five yep. more wins that are there. They got, just, they're going to have to steal one. I'd feel really good about it if they had if they had started two and zero. Hudson oh, Card, oh, hundred percent. Yep, Hudson Card is dealing. I love I love that bet. I don't know, maybe I'm alone. Twenty three of thirty four, <laughs> two hundred forty eight yards, no picks, no touchdowns, uh, receptions. The receptions are spread all around. I, I do say this. I think Brent Price said we're not letting Dion Burks uh, hurt us. Like yeah. I, I could tell that they were basically like yep. we're, so. He he didn't do much, uh, but team rushing. Maybe not the best average, but 46 carries, 179 yards. Devin Mockaby, uh, 95 yards on 21 carries, a 4.5 yard average. Um, the defense looked okay. It could look better at times. The offense, when it's in rhythm, it's good. We'll see. It's it's an interesting team, Purdue. Yep, definitely going to be a fun watch the rest of the way. With the win, Purdue moves to one and one. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Moving in to the afternoon. Ha, ha, ha. Iowa 20, <laughs> Iowa State 13, it. the Hawks 235 yards to the Clowns 290. I giggle because I, I can't be on the pod and celebrate a rivalry trophy too much. But when it's against Iowa State, they they ain't the Big Ten. Jordan, screw these guys, you know. Nope, uh, you you have this is this is free reign here. I free agree reign. completely. 
Um, I don't know how many eyes you had on this game. Um, at one point uh, in the second half, it was Iowa 20 to three in this game. Um, I never really felt that this game was in jeopardy. I got sweaty, buddy, cracky at the end. Don't, don't get me <laughs> wrong. I did not like how it went down, but um, in the end, if, if Iowa, unless there's a, Iowa outrushed Iowa State and the turnovers were they were even but not really because Iowa's turnover was much bigger. Long story there short happened is, to be a, there happened to be a big one involved there. Yes. Uh long story short in my, you know, humble opinion, unless Iowa State or especially this Iowa State team, unless they have a big statistical advantage in either rushing or turnovers, I just don't think they're going to beat Iowa. I think Kirk Ferentz knew that. I think Phil Parker knew that. They got the lead, they sat on it and they got out of Ames with a win. Yep, you know, that was one of my notes. I think Iowa really was in control of this game the whole time. They could just never – they just never seemed to be able to put it away. Correct. Like, they, they had the lead. They were always at a comfortable distance. They could just never get that last score, that last touchdown, that yep. last first down. I'm, I'm, and I had a lot of eyes on this because okay. of, for financial reasons. Ah, so I gotcha. Had, okay. I had eyes on this, so you were, you were late late. when I needed a first down. Okay. Well – was your was your eyes on the total score or on Iowa? Yeah, okay, total score. Yeah, total I, score. I I really would have appreciated them getting that first down. Yes, because it would have that, brought it out. That would have yeah, but I yep. felt a whole lot better. I was kind of like, okay. This number's getting awful close here. We don't need to have something crazy happen in a rivalry game. But now I, I want to say I had a lot of people DM me, text me, hey, I'm I want to take the under in Iowa, Iowa State, and I say the same thing. Never, I don't have you know, I don't give financial advice for the IO games. I'm too emotionally invested. I will say one part of that though, for me now I predicted 18 to 15, but there was a, a scenario in my head where I watched the Iowa state UNI game. I thought there were shots available for Cade McNamara in the passing attack. There were, there was a bigger number on the board for Iowa in this game, but they missed them. Okay. They don't count if you don't miss them. It's just not quite there yet with Cade in the passing. The the time that he missed in camp has really hurt, uh, but it's there. Like there's more explosiveness available than what we've seen the last two years. Um, but I tell you what, it, until Cade gets healthy-ish, because he's never going to be healthy the whole year. That's just my quads. Just uh, Darren the American, my brother, he dealt with quads and he talked extensively. Just kind to of me. lingers. Not a good in-season injury to have. Um, and I tell you what, Jordan, it, it, your boy, uh, he's good. He is poised, dude. And love, I, he just, he brings a sense of calmness to the, to the Hawkeye fan base who hasn't seen that from our quarterback in quite some time. Um, but we can't boot off of our, you know, inside and outside zones. So the defenses know that they don't have to honor anybody slipping out the backside. They're bunching it all up. I don't know how that is going to get solved until he either can boot or there's little differences made off of that part of the, of, of the uh, uh, game plan, because to me, that's the limit right now is unfortunately cake. So, so do we way. need a little bit of Brian Ferentz creativity to try yeah. to find ways to make that happen? Picking up, picking up your sarcasm there. Um, I will say, <laughs> <laughs> I will say I did see parts of the, of the creativity, but you got to hit the, you got to hit the double move that Anderson gave on that DB was, oh, I mean, he had him dead rights. It was, it was a 70 yard touchdown 
just missed it. So if they can start hitting those, it'll help. It'll help loosen it up a little bit. But until we do, if you play a decent defense, they're just going to bunch it up and 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 hurt the team. Uh, I had made a prediction amongst some of my buddies that Jazz Patterson was somebody that I had increasing amounts of confidence with. He showed up in this game, 10 carries, 86 yards, got the touchdown in the game, busted out a long one too. Um, the defense was pretty good, you know, uh, but zero sacks and and five TFLs. They're not getting to the quarterback. Um, uh, and then my guy, Sebastian Castro, I had him in my all underrated team before the preseason. Feel somewhat vindicated by that. Pick six in this game, a couple other huge PBUs and tackles. He's coming out of the cash position. I I love that kid. He he balls his ass off. Yeah, that that pick six really looks Maybe the play of the weekend in the Big Ten. I mean, that literally was the the, the difference in the game score wise. So it was it was a big play. Defense, the defense to me, I just think is it's a Phil Parker defense. I it said is. it last week. They're going to keep getting better. They're going to keep being more familiar in the system. I just, yes. I, I, I mean, we'll we'll find out in what two weeks. Two weeks. Go to Happy Valley. That'll yes. be the true test. That'll be the true. They test. got next week to to like we said, cinch it back up a little bit more. Yeah, yep. you make that travel up that. That'll be it's not, we'll see what as, this Iowa team has. Yep, it's as good. The defense is as good as the last two years. Um, shout out, though, honestly, to Rocco Breck. They, they showed his dad about 714 times in this game. His mom, I was happy to see on the screen. Uh, more than <laughs> uh, and they kept talking about Iowa's fundamentals. I mean, it, I'm trying to think of who that crew is. Brock Heward, my God. I think he said Iowa and fundamentals 714 times as well. Anyways, um, Fun day. Fun day. Got the win. Always good. With the win, Iowa moves to 2-0. and A couple things. That is 11 of the last 15 in the series. 8 out of the last 10. And that is Coach Ference's 200th victory as a head coach with 188 of, of them coming in at Iowa. I believe he's now third place by himself in the Big Ten for amount of wins. So he's getting into rarefied air. Been there a long time. He's been successful for years. Yeah. And I and I know Iowa State fans who are grasping at straws uh to try to find things to, you know, destroy Iowa fans. That was one of the things, you know, okay, 200 wins. It's just because he stayed there so long. You have to be good to stay anywhere for long. So the whole good especially in today's football, where the coaches rarely get three years to Right. Do something. You have one or two bad years, and they're trying to run your ass out of town anymore. And last thing I want to add, because uh, this has been fun, we talked about the Toledo score. Utah State won seventy-eight to twenty-eight <laughs> in, in their next game. So these are just kind of fun because I got I got a couple more that that we'll look at too. All right, moving into the afternoon on to Jordan's team, the Michigan Wolverines, thirty-five UNLV seven Wolverines with four hundred and ninety-two yards of total offense to the Run Rebels, two hundred twenty-nine. My Amador double barrel lock of the week never really felt sweaty to me. Uh, we had 58 and a half points. We got to 42. So we had a ways to go. Um, if Vegas doesn't react to the new Michigan. Okay. We'll get to that. I'm going to keep taking unders with, with the Wolverines. Cause I think the defense is better than maybe people think. And I think the offense is a little different than what people think. Now you go. You, because I want to see how much your notes and my notes compare. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong there. I, I okay. don't like to bet on my team, but it's there's the, there's a trend I see forming. And 
Well, let's let's start with the offense because that's that's yep. where we went with Jay. There's not McCarthy much to talk looks. about. There's not much to talk about with the defense. The defense is great. Oh, I have one thing I want to. Okay, okay, defense, go ahead. We'll, we'll go get ahead. there. Okay. But JJ McCarthy to me is making throws and plays that last year were not even Correct. in the thought process. He fit a couple windows. It's UNLV. I understand. These are NFL level throws that he's making, and he's making them out of necessity. Yeah, because these defenses are flat out stepping up, saying you're not going to run the ball Correct. on us, and they're they're keen downhill, and they're Absolutely. saying we're going to take away your duo concepts. We're not going to let you run between the tackles. So he's doing this because he has to, and looking damn good doing it. He, the wide mean, receivers you, are getting open. Roman Wilson, healthy Roman Wilson looks to be a damn good threat. And I want to say, keep him healthy. I don't think UNLV is. A bad team. Um, I think they're pretty decent defensively. I mean, we've we've seen that. I think out of them two two weeks in a row. And with that being said, McCarthy's still twenty two of twenty five, two hundred seventy eight yards, two touchdowns. Okay, um, the offensive line is not as good. This is this is not a Joe Morish offensive line just yet to me. It's still good, Jordan and Michigan fans. Don't get me wrong, but it's a t- it's a step back. Okay, and there's a couple times where J.J. McCarthy has to step up and move around, reset, make throws. Is that fair? Okay. Yes, 100%. I, and, I, you know, I think this kind of goes back to exactly what we said about Ohio State. I don't think the continuity is there nah. because there's there's a there's a lot of – there were missed assignments again in this game, okay. mostly with the running game. They seem much better in pass pro than they do against the run. So Okay. Okay, I agree. Um it's not a striking difference, but but I agree. Um, with the rushing attack, part of the rushing attack is number one. I still don't. Th- I still don't think uh, Corum is all the way back. We we're we're not to vintage Corum yet. Is is that fair? I think there's still some hesitancy there. Yes. But what I did see in this game was he took a few hits. Good. That were correct. Lower in nature, yes. so they were down towards the knee more. And he popped up and ran right back to the huddle. There was no look to the sideline like, eh, I'm hesitant. He he looked more confident as the game went on. And I saw a few really nice cuts. Yes. That we didn't the, see in the previous the vision, the vision has not changed a bit. The, his vision is great. It is still there. There just is just a little lack of juice that, that I'm feeling. And I felt like he critiqued himself quite a bit after the game. And he would maybe agree with me to a certain degree. So, um. But he'll get there. I have faith in Corum. What's with what's up with your boy Donnie? Something something's going so, on. Man. I think I I think the problem with Donovan Edwards right now is they're trying to use him in too many different ways. Okay. They they want and you know, and Michigan fans have been calling for this. They want to see him in the slot. They want to see him lined up together. They're trying to use Donovan Edwards too much as a gadget player versus just letting him be the running back that he is and letting the gadgetry kind of happen within the flow of the offense. Yeah. I don't think there's any injury there. Right. I don't I don't think there's anything that nobody's hinted at anything. Okay. So I, that's a complete speculation on my part. And that's just what I see because you don't see very many times where he's in the backfield in a true drive where it's his drive. It's always okay, yep. Blake's here. Now Donovan comes in. Now Good Donovan's point. in the slot. Now they're back there together. Give him a drive or two where it's just himself. And let's see what it truly looks like because he only had six carries. I know, game. I know. Okay, all right. But all right. One Somebody other piece, just... of, one other piece yeah. about the running attack before we go. 
Michigan fans, calm down a little bit. There's another element to this rushing attack that we haven't seen a whole lot of, but we saw one play of it in this game, and that's J.J. McCarthy keeping the ball. The zone reads have not been zone reads. They've just been gives. I agree. When they turn on his legs and he takes six or seven carries in a game, you see the dynamic. That will open up. Yeah. The and rest that'll of be the running game because they can't just crash down. Right no, now. and and we won't see that till week four. Which, by the way, that you know versus that Nebraska defense, it'll be fun to watch. That's going to be something to, to check out. Um, um, Rutgers defense, Rutgers, Rutgers, Rutgers. Week four is oh, Rutgers. Week four is Rutgers. Week five, Nebraska. Okay, you got some back to back there. Uh, Michigan defense, five sacks, ten TFLs. What did you want to add about this that defensive line? Is um, um, damn. Yeah. And, you know, yep. Kenneth Grant, when Jim Harbaugh said the gift of the football gods, he's coming. Big guy shouldn't move like this. Yeah. And on the broadcast, there was the CBS broadcast. So, you know, they still have the see homerism in there. But uh, they mentioned yeah. a few times these interior defensive tackles of Michigan remind us of some of the Georgia guys from years past. Okay. And so, yeah. That's well, Kenneth Grant. That's Chris Jenkins. That's Mason Graham. The push that they're getting inside is making these edge rushers look that much better yep. because there's so much focus interior. This defensive line, in my opinion, if they're not the best in the country, they're they're in the team three. picture. Yeah. They're and oh, right by there. the way, they got three or four linebackers behind them that are pretty good, too. The running Rebels were not running. 31 carries, 61 yards, two-yard average. So, I don't know. What you want to see out of Michigan, you're getting it. That's why I haven't moved them off my top line. And with the win, Michigan moves to two and oh, as I bumped the microphone. Next game up, Michigan State 45, Richmond 14. Sparty with 465 yards of total offense to the Spiders 193. I'd start with Noah Kim. Um, He's a fluid passer. I mean, I, I still don't know if he's all the way there, but he looks good when he looks good. Yeah, I I think what we saw from the offense is what I wanted to see. They came out, they moved the ball, there was good there was good splits in it. The running backs did well. Noah Kim looked good, distributed it around. I saw what I wanted to see from the offense. You know, yeah. we, we talked about Michigan State being a little sluggish and a little sleepy. I don't think they did that. They came out, established themselves. I mean, Richmond's two touchdowns were garbage time late in the game. Yep. This this game felt like they were trying things. You saw some plays at the tight ends. Yep. I saw an Antonio Gates Jr. touchdown. I saw um, Carr, Malik Carr touchdown. Yep. yep. So they spread the ball around, got some more weapons involved. We did see Jalen Berger get dinged a little. So yep. I, don't, I haven't heard any more on that, hoping that's not anything serious because you need somebody with Nathan Carter. You can't need that pair with the spare that you, we've always talked about. Right. So offensively, I have no complaints. And I, I think with the defense, you could say the same thing. I mean, garbage points, touchdowns were all they saw. They controlled the game. Yeah, and one of the things that we thought we were pretty darn confident of seeing was Nathan Carter. He, Dude, he's, he pops. There, As far as, like, newcomer to the Big Ten, he, he's in, you know, of the year, newcomer of the year. He's up there. 19 carries, 111 yards, 5.8-yard average, three touchdowns. He is the centerpiece of the offense, whether they know it or not. That's who the offense should run to and then let Noah Kim uh, go off of that. I'm still a little, I don't know. I'm still just like trying to figure out what I think of the Sparty defense. I I, I don't know yet. Like it, it's, I got news for you. You're going to find out next week. Yes. And so that's where I'm like, I'm not going to make any 
outlandish statements until I see that. I have confidence to say this is a better defense in the past two years. Is that does that seem fair to statement to make right now? I feel pretty good about that statement too. Um, like I said, next week we're going to get that. True we're going to find out. Yeah. Um, but anyways, long story short, it's a better defense. It's a, it seems like a much more cohesive, a lot of things going in the offense. I moved them up quite a bit in the rankings. Cause I, I believe they deserve it. Competition. I understand, but this Sparty team looks a lot better. And with the win, it moves to two and oh, but we got issues as their head coach apparently untucked his Mel during a zoom call. And, uh, Okay. We might do an emergency pod tonight as early, but what we've come to find out because uh, Jordan and I couldn't get our schedules to match up until you know this evening when we're recording. Um, he's Mel Tucker is is suspended officially right now. He has he has not really been fired, so we're just gonna hold we're gonna hold Pat for right now on this until it's officially official, but. Things ain't looking good for a guy, Mel. Let's yeah, let's let all the information get out. Let's let's get all of our eyes dotted and our T's crossed. Apparently, this happened in March. It was a long time ago. So once this is just like the Northwestern thing. Once one little piece comes out, everything's gonna be word vomit for the next forty eight hours. Yeah, let's let the smoke settle. We'll kind of see what happens, and then we can diagnose it from there. But uh, yep. yeah, just what the conference needs is another stupid huh. scandal to talk about when we have football. And it could be a just Jordan and I thing. It could be a Jordan, Kurt, and I podcast. It might just be Kurt and I recording the podcast. We'll we'll figure something out when the news breaks and let you know. Um, and I know there's more to the story, but um, all these Zooms I've done with work and and on the podcast, never once pulled my pecker out. I don't know. Just not something that I've ever done. I mean, they've, they've been telling us Tuck was coming, I guess. So, All right. <laughs> Moving into the evening. Northwestern, 38. UTEP, 7? Say that. Say, wait, wait. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Say that again. 38 to 7. Our Wildcats got up and got out. 391 yards of total offense to the Miners, 319. So the Miners moved the ball, but either this team or a different team that will break down a little bit had the performance of the weekend. I, I did not see this coming. It wouldn't surprise me for Northwestern to win the game. I did predict them to lose, but 38 points and and almost 400 yards of total offense. We are talking about points explosions that we haven't seen out of Northwestern since 2020. When, by the way, they got to Indianapolis. Good on you, Northwestern, showing a pulse. They, I know it's UTEP, but UTEP isn't horrible. You know that was a one in one team. They they notched a Power Five win coming at. Yeah, you got to be a little bit encouraged if you're a Wildcat fan. You can't, you can't be upset after what you showed at Rutgers last week. Literally, nobody saw this coming. Like you said, the win, absolutely possible. It was realistic. The domination, crazy. No, no chance. Yeah. Um, I mean, their last five games, they hadn't scored ten points. Right. And now this game, they blow up for thirty-eight. It's just, I mean. This must have been I, like I'm impressed. I, yep. I let's we're good yep. for them, but the next three get tougher. So right. It gets, they, it gets tougher, but, it, I, but but I tell you what, I mean, we were getting into are they gonna win a game conversation? And I know that's overreaction because it was one week, but I didn't from what I saw from week one, 
to week two. I mean, let's talk about, you know, improvement. I don't think you might not be able to find another team in the country that looked better week two compared to week one. Ben Bryant, 11 of 17, 116 yards and a touchdown. Ryan Holinsky came in, threw a bomb, 85 yards to Joseph Hyman, breaking away for 86 yards. Team rushing, 38 carries, 184 yards, 4.7 yard average. Cam Porter, 90 yards on a 5.3 yard average. I don't, I mean, maybe UTEP just falls apart and they're, they're a horrible defense the rest of the year. I don't know. Still pretty good. It's, it's, they, maybe this is more of a statement to what Rutgers defense is. I think it could be. And we will talk on that. Four sacks, nine TFLs for this defense, too. So it's a defense that got into the backfield. Now, there were some plays available uh, for UTEP in this game, and they, you know, they got 300 and some yards of total offense, but, when needed, uh, the defense came up with big plays, got away with the win. The season restarts for Northwestern. We've got yep. some time to, to go through with Playing this. With but... house money now. Yep. 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 And I lost money on this game. I'll I'll freely admit it. Oh, I didn't touch I didn't touch that game of the 10 football. I <laughs> no chance. From what I had seen from UTEP and Northwestern, I felt pretty confident that UTEP would win the the, the game. But good on you, Northwestern. With the win, they moved to one and one. Also in the evening. Maybe kind of, you know, one of the games of the evening, Washington State 31, Wisconsin 22. The Badgers with 368 yards of total offense to the Cougs, 332. Um, I'll start if if you don't mind. Um, yep, absolutely. Washington State got out big, okay, in this game. Or, you know, not big, but big enough where they definitely had the lead. Um, I never felt like... Wisconsin couldn't move the ball, but everything, both sides of the ball, special teams. You know what this looks like, Jordan? It looks like a team that had a radical change in schemes on both sides of the ball, and this is what we are seeing. I see talent. I see snippets, but it's like some form of football quilt that the, we see all the pieces. You're starting to maybe sew it together, but it it's not all together just yet. They don't really know who they are. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, you know, last week I really praised Wisconsin. I, I felt really about where they were. I thought, hey, I, I liked what I saw. We ran the ball. We spread it out. Defense, choppy, but good. I don't I don't have those same warm, fuzzy feelings after this. I, I feel kind of meh about it. Like, it was – Okay. I, so, you, what you, you know – Okay. So, about the offense, I see – the parts there that haven't come together. Are you having trouble seeing the individual? I don't know how they fit together. Okay. No, I see. I see the pieces like Tanner Mordecai. Nice piece. Running backs. Good pieces. Chimray DK. Good receiver. How does it all go together? Because to me, I don't. I don't see how this puzzle is going to fit and fit continue continuously okay. week to week. Like it, you, it might, and maybe it's a thing where who who are you playing? What scheme is it to try to to feed that? If they're willing to do that, but I just don't see how A and B are going to get C and D to play together. It just, I don't see it fitting. And I wonder, maybe it does come around more, but. And I wonder if the old line is part to do with this. Um, You know, our guy soup, it, it was, you know, there was a lot of dudes moving around and a lot of the lineup. I'll say this, the lineup that they wanted back in July 
we haven't seen that yet. They haven't been healthy together, uh, uh, you know, to see that. So I, I definitely think that plays into it. That's something to watch. An- another thing that just blew my mind for stats in this game, Braylon Allen, seven carries, 20 yards. I don't know what blows my mind more, the 2.9 yard average, or he only got seven carries. Well, now, Shane, we only had 12. Now he popped out 49. So like, okay. And I know part of it is they were, they were trying to come from behind. Okay. I get that. I don't know, man. I, I still feel like that's just, there's something wrong. Okay. If, if, if your top two running backs are only getting 19 carries between the two of them, um, Will Pauling, Chimray DK, nine catches, 153 yards between the two of them. I feel like these are two of the top three running or pass catchers on this team. There are no tight ends to speak of. That doesn't seem to be what it was. Tanner Mordecai, 25 of 40. That's pretty good, you know, completion percentage. 278 yards touchdown, did not have the pick. So it's like you look at the passing stats. I'm shocked to see the rushing stats paired up with them. You think they would be better when you're having, I don't know. It's just. Generally, yeah, generally when, when you have success on one side of the ball, that generally leads to a little bit of success on the other side because they have to adjust to it. And the biggest shock, I think, of the whole thing is we found out Tanner Mordecai doesn't have a thing for Cougars. So crazy thought. I mean, he seems to be the type. That seemed, if I had a lock of the week, it would have been that he throws a pick to a Cougar. I mean, I would, you would think that would so. have been. Um, and then the defense, uh, four sacks and nine TFLs, but it's a feast or famine defense. Like, so Muma Jongmeta, that that like he's a good piece. I got to be honest with you though, but like. There, there were Wisconsin Jim Leon, Leon Hard led defenses where I don't know if Muma starts, maybe plays, but that's I don't know. I don't see the face. I don't see the I don't see the guy on defense for Wisconsin that I'm scared of, and I don't see guys very familiar with the scheme, and that's why I think you're seeing plays in the backfield partnered up with giving up third and fifteenths, like you know first downs, like. I don't know. I, it's not a defense that is striking fear like Jimmy Leon hard defenses were. I don't know. Seems like they're doing what... a lot more thinking versus playing. I agree. I agree. I don't know. I say this though. It's an intriguing team to watch, right? I mean, this is not your slightly older brothers, Wisconsin. I mean, Packers. that's the big 10. That's big 10 West football. Isn't right? it? They're all extremely fun to watch. It is. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. Um, it's the chaos factor. Yeah. Another thing here, Buffalo, the team that they didn't exactly destroy. Lost 40 to 37 to Furman this week. Furman. Furman. For those of you that don't know, Furman is in South Carolina, close by to Clemson. Okay. So it's Clemson's sister school. Sister school. Well, they got on the bat or on the Buffalo Bulls. And with the loss, the Badgers fall to one and one. Staying in the evening. Interesting little game here. Maryland 38, Charlotte 20. The Terps with 530 yards. Of total offense to the 49ers, 314. Um, if you just see the stats and you just see the final score, yep, that's that's what you expected. Uh, we were both very close with our score prediction in this game. I played this game. I don't know about you. Felt pretty good. Oh, was, I played it. Okay. I mean, at one point we were getting 38 and a half points in this game now she, she got close <laughs> at the end it was almost a monumental uh, uh meltdown long story short the turfs got behind they they were not prepared 
at the beginning of this game. That's on Locks. But then my boy Locks cooked in the second half. And you have got to give credit to the entire Maryland Terrapin team and the Locks for responding and coming out and winning the game and still getting, you know, a two and a half touchdown uh, 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 win out of this. I don't know. That's that's my take. Slough walk, still walked away with a big win or, you know, big score win. I think that counts for something. Oh, I agree completely. If you didn't see this, Charlotte was up 14 nothing quick. 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 And Leah throws a, a there's a pick six that you can't throw that. Mm-mm. And I'm pretty sure if we had a mic on locks when he came <laughs> off on the sideline, because they showed a brief clip of it, he was in his ass. And I Correct. I don't read lips super well, but I'm pretty sure he looked at him and said, You can't effing throw that. Yeah. Especially when you are Leah Tonga Viola, right? He's been doing this since the Stone Ages. You know, it seems like at like and his stats were fine, you know, 25 of 36, 287 yards, a touchdown, but two picks. You know, you at least want that reverse, two touchdowns, and right. maybe you know, one that you kind of give away. Um and Roman Hemby, we got we got to shout yes. him out. 19 carries, 162 yards. He was the load carrier for this team. A lot of Terps fans preseason were talking that he was slept on and he wasn't getting enough credit. Games like this will do it quickly. I thought he looked good. Well, and and then so I agree that Terps fans were saying that. Then Terps fans are saying after last week in the first half this week that they're concerned about the offensive line and the rushing attack. I don't know what adjustment was made at halftime Peyton Manning has famously said halftime adjustments are overrated something was different though in that second half because the rushing attack popped so we'll see was that a strategy was that something that we're going to see um maybe uh, you know kind of an unmanned Charlotte defense just kind of wore down I I'm laughing I remembered our interchange now about our guy Biff uh Poggy Biff Poggy 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 Poji. And I mean, I joked during on Twitter. If, if Chat GPT came up with what a Biff Poji would look like, that's what it was. Brother, I had no idea that. Like, he flashed on the screen so, to try to clue our listeners in. I rewound it, took a screenshot, and sent it to Jordan. And I said, Is, is that our guy Biff? And he said, The one and only. And I just died laughing. I honestly had no idea that that's what Biff who, Self, who? Hey, that's a self made millionaire. That's, that's what, what that guy and is. And then he said, I'm going to start coaching. But like, when you have old fat arms <laughs> like he does, hey, bro, it happens. I don't know. Maybe just put a polo on and hide he them just doesn't us. give an F there. He does not. <laughs> and that's, care. and that is awesome in and of itself. So I, I guess I give respect in the end, but um, team rushing 243 yards, 6.9 yard average. Caden Prather, four catches, 80 yards. Um, I still feel good about Maryland. Um, I still wonder what they're going to look like in the big moments versus the big boys. Um, I, I, I have a lot of questions about that offensive line still like yes. that to me is where it started. And I, I had, they have not mitigated any of those concerns for me yet. There, there are still concerns. That I think some Terp fans, if, if you had, you know, got them with enough sodium pentothal, they would probably admit that as well, but in the end respond, do what you got to do. And they win and move to two and Oh, next game up. Minnesota 25, Eastern Michigan 6, the Gophers with 413 yards of total offense to the Eagles 152. The Eagles were held without a first down the entire second half. I don't care who you're going against. 
not allowing, I think it might even be more impressive not allowing one in the second half than the first half, you know, that that's impressive. Yeah. Cause you'd think you get tired legs, you know, second, the second stringers start coming right. in new reps. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So what do we got here? Ethan Calic Manis, maybe not exactly the stat line you're looking for 10 of 1517 yards, no touchdowns in a pick. He spread the ball around well, used his legs when he had it when he had to, but yikes, team rushing. This is this is your slightly older brothers, Minnesota Gophers, right here. 56 carries, 296 yards, a 5.3 yard average. Who got it? I don't know. Some guy named Darius Taylor. I do deep dives on these teams. Dude, I not a name I had heard. 33 carries, 193 yards, and a touchdown. So, yeah, 56 rushing attempts is the most rushing attempts, I believe, by any Big Ten team since 1977 in a game. That's impressive in the Big Ten. It is. Um, And that was from the Big Ten Network, so I believe it. And the thing is, is uh, my guy, Vegas Jair, loved the under in his game. I wanted to talk him out of it because I was nervous that Callie Manis was going to throw the ball a bunch, and I thought that would lead to – Mistake touchdowns and big play touchdowns. This just was not what I was expecting. I thought I thought the Eagles are a well-coached team. I thought they would bow up and really muck things up for this rushing attack. Not the game. I, it was it was close to the score I was project, uh, projecting. I projected exactly a touchdown for each team. Otherwise, I would have n- nailed this thing. Took ECU in the points. That played. But different. So now I'm, I don't know, a little bit of a mystery here with Minnesota. Is it a rushing attack now? Do they just need to find their running back? I don't know. And I I put the same thing. I'm like, so they're going to run the ball. We we, we understand that. But are they going to be able to run the ball against the the better teams? Because you're going to get the Iowa's, the Wisconsin's, where they're going to say, no, you're not going to run it 56 times against us. And if they, if they want it, well, you know. Yeah. That, you just okay, you just fair. feel like you need to say that because that's what you're used <laughs> it, to. It does. It, it, it's just yeah, it's it's just habit when talking Big Ten West. But yeah. I mean, the Big Ten West seems more open. It does. This Minnesota defense is so good. It is. A they're going to keep them in games. Maybe this is just PJ's way of saying, you know what, we're going to win games thirteen to ten, and I don't care. And he was comfortable saying it the last two years. So if he needs to do it again this year, now I still think Callie Manis is a better quarterback than they've had in the past, and they're going to have a chance to use him. Uh, by the way, Sean Tyler, I can't. So he had 17 carries, 93 yards. Great. Darius Taylor, Sean Tyler. I'm going to screw them up the rest of the year. I'm already pissed about that. Defense, four sacks, five TFLs. Cody Lindenberg, their linebacker, hasn't even played yet. They think he can come back for North Carolina. That's what a lot of people think is their you know third best player on, on defense. The defensive line, I mean, four sacks was like a season high for them last year. So that is a good thing for Minnesota to see. Um, anyways, it's... I might have undersold Minnesota. I, right now, it seems I should have switched Minnesota and Illinois. Okay, and I heard a lot. That's what I was, that was, I was just going to say. I think those teams may have switched places, and Minnesota's creeping up on Wisconsin oh, in that Big Ten West picture, and they may not just past a little bit. We're going to find out. They're not just creeping up on them. So, got to be pretty happy if you are a Gopher fan. Big Week One win, and then you get the pretty much easy home win, and they move to two and zero. Oh. Next game up, Rutgers 36, Temple 7. The Scarlet Knights with 452 yards of total offense to the Owls, 298. Was this the performance out of a Big Ten team this weekend? Um, Yeah, I I think you have to, considering 
the offensive side of it. We expected yeah. the defense to come out and do well. I didn't see the offense looking as as good as it did. Not great, not elite, right. but much better than what we've seen from Rutgers teams in the past. I will mention door lock of the week did cover by the hair on my chinny chin chin nice, one nice. point oh, under there. So shoot, I yeah. would, you should have clued me in on that. I would have paid more attention to that. That's kind yeah, of yeah. No, okay. I didn't want to talk about it. I wasn't going to put it. I wasn't going to put it into the, into the jinx, universe. I it, yeah, I, I liked what I saw from Gavin Wimsett. Yeah. You know the the passing stats, the numbers don't pop. But what I saw when I had eyes on this game, because as I mentioned, it was a little bit hairy, and I had to keep eyes on yep, it. Yep. Yep. I liked how he. Seemed like he understood the offense. He yeah. understood what Shiano and company was asking from him, and he was just staying in the system. And that's all this Rutgers team needs him oh, to dude. be. He doesn't have to be a world breaker. Especially if Kyle, the fun guy, Manung guy, goes for 28-165 in a touchdown. I've seen enough to say this is an improved rushing attack for, for Rutgers. Dude, it's an improved rushing attack. Uh, Wimsett is above serviceable and the defense is better than i thought this sure sounds like a bull team to me dude or yeah i mean i I, and part of the reason i locked up this under is because i really did think temple was bad and i was right they are they are really bad but i do you think that this rutgers defense by the end of the season has a shot to be top five defense in the big ten yeah, because they're pl- I mean, they are playing it, like so a tough right it's now. Like, it has a shot, but here's the thing: like we talked about, Michigan, Penn State, Iowa, freaking Nebraska, you know, Ohio, Minnesota, Ohio State, Minnesota. It's, it's but, just, but that's but that's my point, right? We're we, we can talk about, about it. that we can Rutgers talk about defense it. Yes. with all of those teams right now because that defense is looking that good. Now they have, like we we've kept saying about other teams, they have to keep doing it and they have yes. to keep showing it. But I mean, Virginia Reason. Tech this week, we just saw Virginia Tech yeah. against Purdue. Right. I have no doubts that this Rutgers defense is going to shut down that Virginia Tech I, team. I would I would be shocked if they don't. So um, 24 I, carries, 68 yards for, for a 2.8 yard average for, yep. I don't know, maybe Temple is just straight butt cheeks, I guess. I don't know. You know, maybe we're overacting. It doesn't matter. That That's still 2.8 yards it per is. carry. Uh, and that's a division one football team. That's that's good. That's yeah. impressive. It's that's I what will say you this. need. That's what you have to do against these lesser teams if you want to climb it. in the rankings. And that, that, yeah, that's a great. See, that's a great point. Like, if they would have won the game seventeen to thirteen, you're just kind of like, eh, yeah, Rutgers got to win. Yeah, when yeah. you're winning games thirty six to seven, now you're doing more than what I've seen enough. Like this, this the floor of the Big Ten officially higher than I thought back in August. It, the bottom, the, the bottom four in the East. Are much closer together than we talked about at the beginning 100%. of the season. But I, yeah, those, yes. those four teams are very interchangeable in that bottom four of the East. And with the win, Rutgers moves to 2 0. Second year in a row, they've moved to 2 0 with a chance to move to 3 0 for the second year in a row as well. All right. That gets us to the Big Ten Game of the Week. Going all the way back to the early time slot. On Saturday, Colorado 36, Nebraska 14. The Huskers with 341 yards of total offense to the Buffaloes. I just screwed that up. Folks, give me one second here. To the Buffaloes, 454 yards of total offense. 
Jordan, this is my first statement. Then you take it from here. I believe we got cheated out of a great football game. What are your, what's your take? Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it was so frustrating to watch this game because you saw Nebraska's offense move the ball, move, move the ball, ball in our face. Jeff Sims turnover, move the ball. They'll defense. That's okay. Our defense bowed up and held them to a field goal. Offense, move the ball, move the ball, move the ball. Jeff Sims fall on his face turnover. It was so frustrating because this defense played its absolute ass off for three, three and a half quarters, and they just got tired. Yeah. You could see it. Yeah. They, they, they held it. And this Colorado offense has got weapons. Oh, there are right. dudes out there, and they held it's, them in check for okay. three quarters, but they just got tired. I, I will say they have mostly a weapon. Shador Sanders is the truth. That freaking dude. Is good. Um, his comfortability. But he still he still took eight sacks. I know, I know. Eight, but, and, and that's what I'm saying is because, okay, I, I think Travis Hunter is a, a, a Travis Hunter is a fine wide receiver and a fine defensive back. I don't think he is out of the, uh, uh, you know, amazing. Check this guy out on either position. I I think he should focus on on one. I don't see a the the talent on this offense that is just off the charts. I think if Shadur Sanders is not on this team, this entire team falls apart. That is how important I believe Shadur Sanders is. And it also means I think he's that good. It, I want to puke in my mouth when I say it. The crap that the kid was talking before and after the game, I think it's 90% BS. But when you when you turn the TV on, I can't. I can't deny it. The guy's freaking good. So I mean, it's Prime's kid. You have to. Exp- I mean, that's how Prime was. He was loud and boisterous. So and, and you need confidence to play this game. Like so, it's a fine line. I, I don't want to say that's not. Um, I mean, Travis Hunter three catches, seventy three yards. I'm just saying, I didn't feel like he did have a nice catch. One of the nice catches, like on a third down in this game. Xavier Weaver ten catches, one hundred seventy yards. I guess I need to see more out of him but team rushing for Colorado 33 for 58 a 1.8 yard average um I tried telling some people in DMs I, I wasn't confident enough to put the under bet in because I was nervous of chaos we we kind of got the, okay <laughs> we kind of got that I put the under I put the under bet and in. it should have been under Jordan if we got the game we were supposed to get you you were you know you were you were correct but you lost the bet and that's that's how game it goes sometimes Oh, um, I, if if I had to, I would bet that again. I would bet that I under understand. again. Like if if, played yes. next week, I would bet that under again. Hundred percent. And the like. Now we want to switch to the Nebraska defense because they brought it. it. Like I was so nervous after those first two drives for Nebraska fans because it looked like Shador Sanders had Tony White in a blender because every he's going to put a lot of people in a blender. Basically, blitz me, and I'm going to make you miss. You know, uh, sit back. I'm going to pick you apart. But to, it 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 adjusted, man. Third, I wouldn't say third time Colorado had the ball. The the clamps were down. This is officially a very good Tony White led Nebraska defense. I could not agree more. I was, I mean, and it wasn't just the fact that they were getting pressure. It's how they were getting pressure. Yep, they would send three, send four, send six. It was different. Every yep. single time they were coming places and the pressure was right now. Somebody was in his face and the point where he didn't have a chance to make a decision when those plays were happening. 
I was very impressed with this Nebraska defense. I don't care that they gave up 36 points because you got screwed the whole game by your yep. offense. Yep. They, I mean, they just attack. Um, there are some available plays behind them at times, but they switch. That's up. part of being that high pressure, it is. though. It is. If you're going to send pressure, you're going to give up a home run every that's but, that's the that's the yep. bite when you do that. And I felt like on some of the plays that they did give up big plays, they recovered pretty well. Um, so it, it's a good defense. The defense did his job, but then you have to move on yep. to the offense. Okay, they ran. Okay, first off, we'll we'll stay on the positive train just a little bit longer. Team <laughs> rushing, forty-one carries, two hundred and twenty-two yards, a five-point-four yard average. I would say at forty-one attempts, you are giving your rushing attack the, a chance, right? You you. We said they need to run the ball. They they, they did it, um, but but then we switch to the passing game, and dude, I I've never seen anything like this with Jeff Sims. I I don't think it's fair to even say the passing game. It's just Jeff Sims because he fumbled two snaps. Yeah, I mean, there like, was... I understand the, the dynamics of what he is, and you signed up for Jeff Sims. You sign up for the highs and the lows, the miraculous plays that you can make, like the quarterback draw where he ran whatever that was, uh, 57 yard, t- yep. 57 yard touchdown run. Those you, you take those with the bad, but when the bad is literally that dropping bad, that a bad. snap, you've got to, it's got to be different. I mean, what I would uh, throw out there is let's just, let's just call it how it is. You just don't play a ton of big games at Georgia tech. Okay. Like, no, it's just, you know, yeah. you know it, this is, bigger moment than Jeff Sims is prepared to have that. It definitely that is, seemed like he, he pissed down his leg at points. There was, as, as big Kurt would say, there was a poopy diaper going on and it was him. I mean, through the first game and first half, that's six quarters, seven turnovers. He has had in the first six quarters. Can't, so, you can't win high level football. Impossible. And, I don't and, care how good your defense is. And, and the thing is like, you look at, Okay. They lost the Minnesota game be- because of turnovers, right? And mistakes. 100%. So then you go into this game and you think to yourself, okay, it's going to be different because this offense is so dynamic, meaning Colorado's and everything like that. It's the same thing. If they just would have played clean football, the penalties were bad too. That's it. That it was. They could have, when they could have gone into halftime three to three with a half. With, with just one less turnover. Yes. <laughs> it was still at multiple it, it turnovers. Was, that's how bad these turnovers were. I, I know it's, we're not. It, I know it, we're it not. Was, I was scratching my head at one point. It, like, it oh, was, my God. Do something like, different. Who am I to feel sorry for Nebraska fans? But, like, I, I literally was sitting there like, I, I, I 100% get the frustration. Like, they're, like, Nebraska fans are looking up in the air and they're like, what? How is this even possible? What what we're seeing, craziest craziest thing in the world. I I I don't know. I don't, there's not much more to say. I mean, I Casey maybe, Thompson, maybe Casey it's Tom- time for Nebraska. Maybe it's time for Nebraska fans to chubba. I mean, I don't know to what to, to get a chubba. <laughs> yeah. Um, chubba's not even getting talked about. Heinberg is the one that's going in. Um, dude, they had a Casey Thompson on the roster. I. Casey Thompson could run the ball too. I'm not you. You weren't running the same offense, obviously, but I believe there was enough available off this rushing attack. Where I know, I know that's not what Nebraska fans want to hear, but I don't know what else to say. That it's that's what we saw. Everybody saw it. It's it was just a crazy situation. And, and then shout out to our guy Perk. Me and you both 
famously predicted 28 to 27 in this game. He put Sorry, Burke. Ex- he put an exacto bet on of the score being exactly 28 to 7. Did not hit, but I appreciate the effort. Either way, and with the loss, Nebraska moves to 0 and 2, the only winless team in the Big Ten. All right, first thing up, uh, let's go with the weekly Eisman rattle off Jordan. Yeah, so we we had a few candidates that we touched on throughout the week. First few I'll name uh, Noah Kim, Nathan Carter from Michigan State. Noah Kim, 18 and 22, 292 and three touchdowns. Nathan Carter had the 19 carries, 111 yards, three touchdowns. Love to see it. Need, I have a feeling we're going to see more of that as the year yep. goes. Yep. I mentioned Roman Hemby from Maryland, 19 carries, 162. And a touchdown also had four catches for 55 yards. Kyle Fungi Manungai is he's so been labeled 28 carries, 165, and a touchdown. The ever so mysterious Darius Taylor, 33 <laughs> carries, 193 yards, and a touchdown. Anytime you got 33 carries, 193 yards, you're going to get a little bit of a mention. Then uh, Ohio State fans happy to see Marvin Harrison, seven catches, 162, two touchdowns. But me and Greg both agree the stat line wasn't as big for this guy, but the moment was big, and it was – I think I may have spoiled it earlier. I think it was the play of the weekend in the Big Ten. Sebastian Castro with that pick six in the Iowa-Iowa State game and also just the other non-stat box plays that you saw. Him being in the right place on passing, on breakups and everything. Tackles. That's our Eisman of the week is Sebastian Castro, mostly for that pick six. But for everything that he contributed in that defense and that Cyhawk game, that is our Eisman winner for the week. Couldn't said it better myself. Um, I don't think this is a homer pick for me. I didn't have to twist Jordan's arm too much. To uh, be fair, I, and full disclosure, he, I brought it up. He did. To he, him. Did. he never even suggested Castro. That well, was I was gonna, I was gonna, but you beat. But me I beat it, you so. to it. Yep, I said yep. it before you did, and I even said I think again, that's who I would give it to. And again, we are always going to err greatly. Towards the game against another Power Five team, you know, in conference, you know, stuff like that. So he got the job done there. All right, uh, real quick, I went ATS six and four straight up, ten and four. Jordan had the same straight up uh, record as me, right? Ten and four, and yep. Then uh, you went five and five ATS. Five hey, and five ATS. You're yeah. living, and we both hit our locks. So, and to be right. fair. I didn't bet all these. My my yeah. actual oh, God, bets. No. I no, had no. a much better week than what yeah. I did here. So, and then the power rankings, real quick. Uh, not not much change at the top. We got top three all by itself. Number one, Michigan. Number two, Penn State. Number three, Ohio State. Then we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams bunched up in the next tier. Number four, Iowa, moving up a spot. Number five, Maryland, moving up a spot. Number six, Michigan State, moving up three spots. Number seven, Minnesota moving up a spot. Wisconsin at eight moving down four spots. Some people said that was a market correction uh, that I needed to do. Uh, Number nine, Purdue moving up a spot. Number 10, Rutgers moving up two spots into that second tier. And then the bottom tier, I got Illinois at 11, also moving down four spots like Wisconsin. Indiana moving up a spot to 12. Nebraska moving two spots down to 13 and Northwestern staying at the 14 line. No change for their ranking, but I had them two tiers below. They are now in the third tier. So we've only got three tiers and they're in that. Uh, I heard some people saying you've got to put Nebraska last. 
since they're the only 0-2 team in the conference. It, th- there was a Nebraska fan that said that, to be honest with you. That's you not got- how power rankings work. Okay, okay. It's not how power rankings work. You have got to consider the competition. In my opinion, a couple of these teams would be 0-2 versus Nebraska's schedule, and I think Northwestern would certainly be one of them. But long story short, I mean, we kind of already touched on I I know we've gone long here, but like, those those bottom teams, okay, Illinois, Indiana, Nebraska, Northwestern, and maybe just kind of throw Rutgers in there. They're they're better teams, okay, than what we thought back in August, and maybe even just since week one, okay. Like each one of them brings something to the table that will make you uncomfortable as the opposing team. Yeah, you don't look at any of those teams in this moment and say, "Oh, we have we have a free idle week this week playing this team." You know, you 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 have to prepare for them there. If you if you try to sleepwalk into them, they're gonna make you sweat late in the game. And and what I mean by that is it would be kind of a Kelly Ford thing because he basically says, How would these teams do against what is essentially an eight and four team? They would make life difficult for a lot of eight and four quality teams, not the top teams, okay, not the Georgias and the Penn States and the Michigans and stuff like those teams are probably gonna you know, but the the other teams in the country, they're going to do well. I'm very, very excited. I think we got a lot of first and second tier races that are going to be interesting down the stretch on who's going to make bowls and obviously at the top or who's going to win the conference and get to Indy. All right, man. Uh, we said we'd be, ah, not even an hour. And, you know, we blew past that, but um, yeah, that was fun football. I, that was fun. We talk a lot. When you start talking ball, I can't help it. Man. I know. I'm the same way. With that said, you got anything else you want to add or should we get out of here? I don't think so. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I am Jordan. And don't forget, ask for Amador. Oh, I like it. I like it. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.